Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. Welcome back to Fandor, folks. Uh, we're here continuing our weekly episodic breakdown of the Disney Star Wars Plus series Andor. Tonight, our beat for beat review and deep dive tackles the 10th episode of the series with all the Easter eggs and the greater Star Wars lore connections you've come to know and love from us. As always, thank you for joining us. Wherever you may be, please like and share and leave a comment. Do not hesitate to join the conversation because you know what? It's more fun with more people. <laughs> And uh, on to our weekly feature here, as we're joined by... Oh, Wes my God. And Hank. Hey, we're here. We're here. What's going on? We've got our bad Star Wars joke. Is it that time again? I think so. Is it time for bad Star Wars jokes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is time. Who is that, that voice actor? I know that. I know that <laughs> voice. Okay. So, if R2 is short for R2-D2, Chewie is short for Chewbacca, and Annie is short for Anakin, then what is Luke short for? I don't know. What is Luke short for? A stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> they're so awful. I didn't even, like, they're horrible. But yeah. you know what? It's it's exactly what we were going for. And, uh, man, I love it. Yep. <laughs> Once again, this has been another installment of Bad Star Wars Jokes. That might have been Vincent D'Onofrio. Maybe. I <laughs> won't take credit for nothing. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, do we want to do our opening thoughts first? Uh, no, actually, you or know what? Do we want to dive into the. Uh... Very rarely do we get an opportunity to go back and go, hey, um, let's revisit something we talked about before because we've got a new thing to offer. Yeah, but some new evidence has come to light. Well, I'm pretty excited about this one only because I never thought for the life of me that I would ever truly figure out what we were looking at. Um, remember, uh, was it a couple, two, it two, was episodes, two episodes, two ago. episodes ago at the gallery, Luthen was putting out uh, the two, uh, the, that new artifact, which clearly was some kind of fossil. Yeah. I did not realize because I am not, I'm no, I'm no Indiana Jones. So I'm not an archeologist. <laughs> and I had no idea that the fossils that he uh, was putting out are actual fossils. They're real. Um, and so uh, earlier this, uh, earlier this week, actually, yeah. you're not going to believe this. I'm going out for lunch. Kim and I, my wife, we're going out for lunch 
we go into our local fried chicken shack <laughs> of all places, the fried chicken shack. Now, the lady that runs the chicken shack is also into like gemstones, gems and, and rocks. Well, you, Andy, you've been there. You've seen have, it. Yeah. And it's quite an, an interesting display. She's got the storefront because it's not an eat in place. It is a strictly takeout place. So she's got a, a, a nice display case in the front, which has got all the rocks. I bought some rocks from her, actually. Yeah, me too. And I kid you not, sitting on the back counter um, was this fossil. And I'm, I go from mid-conversation to, and she's just like, oh, isn't that really nice? I'm like, I just saw this on TV. <laughs> and i'm like can can i have a look at that and she's like sure sure so she hands it over and uh, hands me over the information card it turns out that this item that we were looking at uh all three of them are a, f- a basically a prehistoric fossilized squid creature the uh ortho orthocirus orthocirus they look like a, a long flute looking horned mm-hmm. uh, uh guys uh, they're a, cep- a cephalopod. Yeah. Now, if we are going to parallel, now we tried, we did the metaphoric parallel, but at mm. the same time, I had asked, what do we think this was? And I had, I had thought maybe it was the, the creatures that tried to assassinate Padme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that anymore. No. If we use the real world analogy that this is some kind of cephalopod, we are no further uh, ahead or behind because canonically speaking, or I should say, Star Wars speaking, there are no less than 28 species of uh, cephalopod uh, that are actually identified. So could could this be prehistoric corn? Maybe an ancient relative of the calamari? Hank, you had said uh, Mamacor. Mamacor. And I, I'm like, oh, yeah. But then Maybe I'm like Dianoga? Dianoga? Or the giant squid? Right. So there are, yes. So giant and squid does exist in Star Wars. Does. Yeah, yeah. So uh, cephalopod of some uh, figure oh we got we got a couple comments coming in here it's uh adam from go figure hey hey gentlemen and a hello to you sir man adam says is it a baby sarlacc nice. Maybe. that's not a bad guess could be anyway i was so caught off guard at the sight of this thing that i completely kind of lost my mind and i'm like can i take some pictures of that so <laughs> There you go, folks. Uh, a some form of cephalopod, but uh, in our real world, uh, a three hundred and ninety million year old uh, fossilized Orthocerus. Hmm. Crazy. From Cajun so, yeah. chicken of all places. <laughs> yes. So if you're in the Bob Cajun uh, Ontario area and you're looking for some fried chicken <laughs> and some precious stones, <laughs> yes, and some semi precious stones. Yeah. She doesn't have any there. Jedi Temple Guard helmets, does she? Well. <laughs> <laughs> in the back yeah they're hi- hiding in the back along with the uh, star killer armor yeah but on to tonight any opening thoughts on this episode uh gentlemen oh boy uh so uh, uh i they did kino dirty in this really um did. but at the same time i i understand why and it makes the uh, the have you heard the tale of Kino Loy? Uh, makes it so tragic. Yeah, yeah um, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the end, but yeah, like he's he's the he's our first martyr, really. Like realistically, yeah, more so than I guess. So I mean, there's a fa- yeah, there's a face. I was well, gonna say and, uh, more so than Nemec. 
and it, yeah. yeah and it's it's um you know we're watching cassie learn these lessons like you um you don't just choose to go up your life for a cause i mean i'm certain that it's in you or it isn't but when you watch people do that for you yeah uh, i mean yeah super tragic also i read uh an article and when it'll it'll come up organically but i read an article with the the writers were doing when when they wrote that scene and it's hmm. uh when we get there we'll talk about it cool um i, I made it <laughs> uh, adam at go figure says i'm now craving chicken <laughs> it is good chicken there um I made a I made a joke earlier today. Uh, somebody, of course, you know the, I like to follow the discourse sometimes uh, as to what people are talking about week in and week out. And the, a lot of the discourse this week seemed to focus around Luthen and uh, Luthen's appearance during the Coruscant uh, underworld uh, sequence. And once again, the rumblings of uh, Sith uh, Dark Sider have come up, and certainly his his uh, speech. Uh, kind of lends itself uh, to Dark Sider. Do I think he's a Sith? No, but I did. I did make a joke this week. I said I bet him and General Pong Krell were good friends. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who knows who Pong Krell is, I hope. Uh, I hope you find that as funny as I did. <laughs> is it too on the nose to say it was cloak and dagger? No, like literal cloak. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cloak and cloak and Lonnie. Yes, <laughs> got a first name this week. That was interesting. Hmm. So uh, should we kick it off, I guess? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So Andor, episode 10, titled One Way Out, originally aired November 9th, 2022. Uh, This is the third episode written by Bo Willimon. And in the director's chair for the sixth go-around is Toby Haynes. Uh, It's got a runtime of 35 minutes, 45 seconds without titles, or 45, 26, all in. And we open right on the heels of last week's episode here. And we get our final look at Ulof before they zip up the body bag to remove him. Uh, followed by the guard, Ulof's body is ushered out by Dr. Rashiv on a hovering stretcher droid in front of the night shift who all stand on program. Uh, the descriptive audio, they call it a hovering stretcher. But okay. the stretcher itself is fitted with a head unit that resembles Layla's pet droid Lola. Oh, Lola, yeah, yeah. So, or the, um, what's it going to say? The uh, Oh, no, I guess that was just a droid-driven thing. That thing in the Mandalorian that... Uh... Mm. the astromech oh, yeah. is fine but no yeah no uh not gonna lie that opening shot really caught me off guard and uh i may or may not have shed a tear mm-hmm. mm. um it really caught me off guard i didn't realize i was that at- i was that attached to the poor guy yeah worked him right to death uh yeah yeah, yeah. in the uh, uniform room kino he pulls on a fresh jumpsuit and cassian implores him that they need to go tomorrow Still in shock, though, Kino asks, go where? But emphatically, Cassium tells him anywhere, and it has to be tomorrow. Following up that they'll never have a better chance, Kino tells him he sounds insane, but Cassian quick to point out that they don't have enough guards, and they know it. And right now, they're afraid. But Kino, he blasts back, afraid of what? And Cassian reasserts, they just killed a 100 men to keep them quiet. And Kino asks, what would you call that? And Kino replies, power. But Cassian retorts, power doesn't panic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that isn't, isn't that the, uh, I mean, they could have, t- they, that could have very well been this week's uh, episode title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, given the the impact of that statement. And 
I'll say this. We talked last week about, did we think that Kino, uh, because when Cassian uh, was having that chat with him, he's like, have you ever thought about getting out? And we kind of did the round robin. Did we ever think that Kino had considered it? And even now in this week's episode, he's like, no, 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 no. Right up until Cassian tells him what the plan is. And then suddenly, oh, yeah. I think in the moment last when uh, Olaf died was his switch. I agree too. Like, I, I totally right on the agree. Bridge there. Yeah. 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 But here uh, Cassie and he continues telling him, you know, there's 5,000 men that are about to find out that they're never going to leave. Yeah. And do you think that worries them upstairs? And he speculates that whatever the empire has them making is something they need. Yeah. So Cassian's or Cassian, Cassian's math may be off a bit here though. Because normally there would be 4,900 men based on the info we've been getting. Oh, right, right. But we just lost Olaf, and presumably we lost a further 100 men when they fried the prisoners on that level, level two cap. Yeah. So, you know, they're down a couple hundred, but they're really still way outnumbered. That ratio is is still skewed heavily. Yeah. yeah in heavily in favor of the uh, the inmates. Cassian tells Kino that they can't afford to be surprised again. And after tomorrow, the guard presence will likely increase. Just then the alarm sounds and Kino tells Cassian he can't know that. And he rushes to on program with a look of distress on his face. But Cassian continues that every day we wait, the empire grows stronger. But Kino tells him it'd be wise to have a plan. And he barks back at him. We do have a plan. But Kino rushes over and he tries to drag Cassian to the door to assume the on program position. And after they tussle, Cassian tells him the plan works when there's a new man coming down and they'll be replacing Olaf tomorrow. And it might not happen again until it's too late. Yeah. Cause how long is it going to take for the next guy to die? Yeah. Or the whole floor gets. Yeah. Well, they know who's on their team, right? And they know who's on the night shift. That's true. So assuming that like there's Olaf was the oldest one there, right? Yeah, I mean, we we know, like, without a doubt that Olaf had more time in than anybody on that shift. Yeah. Yeah. But Cassian says his final piece, I'd rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want. And Cassian then assumes the on-program position at the door and tells Kino to do the same, which he does just as the door opens. The look on Kino's face as he's just like, what just happened? As he's, you know, contemplating sort of the, the notion of like, oh, this might make sense. Yeah. Yeah. As they enter the sleeping quarters, the voice of God tells them that they only have seconds to proceed to their cell. While all the inmates question what has happened. Cassian barks at Kino to tell them, but he remains silent and steps into his cell. Cassian then begins to relay what happened and what the doctor told them stepping inside his cell just in the nick of time. He confirmed they far eyed everybody on bridge two, but the reason why is what's important. They fried the two shifts to keep it quiet because an inmate was released and shuffled back in. But coming from Cassian, not everybody believes him. And struggling with this in his cell, Kino, he makes his choice and he cries out, no one is getting out. Yeah. Kino steps to the edge of his cell and then begins to tell them, you know, the rumors are true. They're not letting anyone go. They're all going to die here or in the next place. And he tells them, get your heads back in your cells so we can figure it out. And Cassian and Melshi, they eye each other up before returning to their bunks before we jump over to Coruscant. Something we didn't talk about last week was the the notion that the mistake um, put the inmates into another building, um, take them to another labor facility on another planet. 
Well, that was kind of the obvious of one. Yeah. There, don't they? yeah. Yeah. It, but it does make more sense now in, in hindsight or looking at this again to say, Oh, if the, if multiple floors, which we do see in this episode are building that cog Same thing, part. then other facilities in other places are building something else. Just take them to another facility, another world. Yeah. 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 But, uh, as we jump to Coruscant, we find Dedra staring at some sort of star chart and apparently Anto Krieger's men have taken the bait and they found the rebel ship as Major Partagas enters the room. She relays that Kafreen rescue salvage towed it in and they reported an unresponsive GPE 7000 and that the pilot appears to have frozen to death upon hydraulic failure on hyperspace reentry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I couldn't find a reference for the GPE 7000, but there is a GPE 7300. Which oh. is a freighter that had two oversized engines mounted on the bottom. Uh, it was designed by Galactic Power Engineering, and it was more of a long-range shuttle than a freighter. But mm. similar to the Slave One, the cockpit was mounted at 90 degrees, so it could allow those engines to be used as the primary thrusters for liftoff. Oh, very cool. Uh, first very appeared cool. in the 2006 comic Star Wars Legacy, issue 23. Nice. That's cool. So Very cool. There is a line of them out there. Major Partagas, he uh, suggests that now that the bait has been taken, they sit back and wait. But Supervisor Lonnie Young suggests that they don't. He states that this is something we would normally look into. And if Krieger is watching, the least suspicious thing they can do is to take an interest. Just let it happen. Yeah. Yep. Business as usual. Partagas agrees with him and states, and that is what we will do. What's funny in this uh, this segment is how how bold he is in the sense that it, it almost felt like he cut her off a little bit. Yeah. Because she gives <clears> him like a dirty look yeah. across the room. And as they finish up, she spins around and exits the room, leaving them just eyeing the screen. So, yeah, I, I've watched this uh, episode probably more than any of the other episodes. I've seen it quite a few times since, uh, since it aired, whenever I've just been watching it sort of on repeat. And Based on that scene, there's a few things that are going on there. That's that's our that's the first smart thing our man Lonnie's ever said. Yeah, he said a few things. He hasn't had many lines, but he's had a few lines throughout the show. And one of them blew our minds, right? He's when he asked for more, more, uh, more uh, stuff at Scarif. Yeah, or around well, and, in this in the system. He was also one of the guys that was like, "Are you sure about the star? Path oh unit? my Maybe god, yeah." So the star path unit that was on the table. So <laughs> here's my theory, and, and it doesn't bode well for Lonnie. She knows she's shrewd as hell. She's probably Thrawn level shrewd. That look that oh, she yeah. gives him when she's, when he says the first intelligent thing that she's ever heard him say in his career, <laughs> she walks right out of the room because yeah. she knows yeah. that he's the mole. Interesting. Yeah. I like that, by the way. I like that idea. Good theory. But uh, the Orbash on the screen in front of them, I got most of it. Uh, the top left there reads KRC, assumably a quadrant or something. Okay. Uh, the next one over is T9AND. I think that's actually supposed to be the name of the system. Okay. Like uh, Trang, Trang, I think, or Tran. Hmm. Another outlet had reported it as something else. I could be wrong. Hmm. But the uh, the third one, it uh, it spells out Rigna of Kafreen instead of ring. instead of ring of Kafreen. <laughs> so mistake on their part way to go art department <laughs> pretty close though pretty close nice we forgive you yeah 
We now jump over to Narkina 5 and the shift counter in Cassian Cell switches from 2156 to 2155. And as the lights come on, yeah, he's already awake. I don't think he was sleeping. Oh, yeah. Never slept. No. Yeah. Kino, he steps to the edge of his cell and tells the men that there is only one way out and they can play it how they want. But Kino is going to assume he's already dead and take it from there. There's no sense warning the night shift. They'll know about it soon enough. Is that the first reference to this week's title? Uh, One wave. I think so. Yeah. 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 And Which becomes that that becomes chant. a chant, yeah. yeah. You also you know, them, they, they don't they show Cassian not sleeping all night, like you infer that from him yeah. being wide eyed and just waiting for the light to come on. But the, yeah. the, you get the same inference from Kino because he's been up all night and he's made his decision. Yeah, yeah, he's come to his conclusion. Yeah, he tells them make it look good, and the floor lights up safe, and they move on. They fall into line and move forward, and Kino and Cassian exchange glances. We get a flyby shot of the connecting bridges as the new announcement comes from the voice of God. All sky bridge transfers will be on program and silent until further notice. Any shift not in full compliance will be punished collectively. So they are ready to fry more levels. Oh, that's, and that's building off of last week's uh, Is Anybody Listening, where it seemed like every time that they started to like chant, or, or sort of chat amongst themselves, it, there was that unprogrammed. Yep. Out on the factory floor, the men carry on as they normally would, and the descriptive audio mentions that they're working to assemble a fresh spine. 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 Is that a, is that a potential clue? Maybe. To the to the, the thingamajig, the whatchamacallit, the... Uh, the who's it? Yeah. The mm-hmm. thing that they're building in this building and disassembling in the other buildings? I don't know. Add at spines? <laughs> Hard to say. I don't know. It's still as big. Actually, you know what? There was an interview this week uh, that it came out from Tony Gilroy uh, that I had read. I don't know if it was Variety or, or The Hollywood Reporter. And uh, he said, <laughs> and it's kind of funny. He said, yeah, they're building season two. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's the best way to do it. But... Uh... Kino, he shoots a glance at Cassian and continuing as his work, Cassian eyes a guard up on the supervision level before looking over to Melshi. And then uh, we're starting to cut hard, but uh, we cut over to Ferrix and we find three individuals walking past the hotel now guarded by stormtroopers. And as they near the home of Marva, a woman intercepts them and she calls the bald man, Dr. Mulmoy and relays that Marva needs her medication, but she's hiding it as it puts her off her food and she'd rather keep eating. Across the street, we see Cinta watching from the shadows. And as she walks away, we find another local pointing out Marva's residence to Korv, uh, one of Didra's ISB attendants disguised in street clothes. Mm. Now, this is the first time we've encountered Dr. Momoy. Yep. And he is played by Matt Dunkley. And even though this is only his first appearance on this screen in Andor. Okay. He's also... uh, heavily invested because he's also the musical director for all 12 episodes oh Oh, come on yeah oh that's cool this is his only this is only his second acting credit but he's got over 200 musical credits under his belt oh that's interesting including being the composer for the 2002 series rescue me oh Uh, he was the orchestrator for iron man the incredible hulk the dark knight kick-ass clash of the titans and wandavision Oh, so he's uh, he's been around a little bit. Yeah, he has yeah. done a ton of work. 
Uh, another new face this episode, the woman leading the doctor is credited as Jesse. So, uh, okay. So I take back everything I said about, uh, Jesse potential. Well, you know what? That, that's not necessarily a fair statement either. Maybe Cassian likes older Cassian women. Cassian is a womanizer and maybe he likes good. older women, but yep. Jesse, I made a, I made a point to say that Jesse had asked about him, that she came back afterwards after everybody else left. Yep. Maybe she was looking for the booty call. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, she's played by Ethiopian actress Pamela Nomvet, and she's been acting since 1988 with shows like Hard Copy, Coronation Street, and Gangs of London listed under her filmography. So many British actors in this. So many British. Did you guys catch the uh, the number that uh, Tony had said about the number of speaking parts in the in the series just in season one? I did not. No. It's like over 120 speaking parts. Ooh. He's, he was doing uh, some press work in the UK and, and the guy who was interviewing him said, you know, like you really did kind of thanked him for hiring like the, a record number of Brits. And he's like, oh, yeah, we've got like 120 or it was well over 100 speaking parts just for season one. <laughs> oh, God, that's astronomical. Yeah. We jump back over to Coruscant, though, and we find Mon Mothma about to sit down with Ty Colma and Davo Skulden. Uh, Davo relays that he's been here before, and when Tay asks if it's changed much, he says he can't tell because he didn't pay much attention, thinking he would be coming back regularly. Yeah, yeah. Mon tells him it's state property, and the choices of decor are very limited. And Davo remarks it is a bit old, and personally, he favors the new. Uh, one of the indulgences of great wealth is the freedom from opinions of others to decorate <laughs> as you will. But uh, Mon says, you know, you've made your point. And Ty mentions she has many obligations and time must be managed. What's interesting. What I find interesting here is like 24 Sussex for those who are uh, for the fans uh, in Canada, 24 Sussex drive, the prime minister's residence has been the subject of, of public scrutiny for years and years and years because of the state of disrepair, yeah. because they don't want to spend public funds to fix up on the prime minister's residence. And I'm like, considering what the empire is willing to spend on other projects and they're not willing to put anything into the residences. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He's it's, spending... an, it's an interesting uh, contrast. It is. And you figure, you know, spending what he was on like hotel rooms and stuff, stay home and fix your house. Mind you, if 24 Sussex looked like that, I mean, it, that'd be fine. Yes, it would. <laughs> but uh, going back here, Mon says he's made his point. And Ty mentions that she has many obligations that must be managed. And Davo says, I've heard you were direct and I like it when things are clear, but he wonders what's around the corner. And Mon tells him that curiosity has clearly been profitable. And he retorts that he, I've met your husband several times, but hmm. she says that will not be a corner we're turning in this conversation. So there's a, is that just a plot, a dangling plot thread for later? Maybe. So th there's like, that it's just the indication that like, okay, her, her husband is swimming in, in slimy circles. He's, he is that jerk that we hope that he is. Okay. So maybe it is just that simple. Yeah. But it could also mean like, you know, if she does throw in with him, there's your potential leak. But we've sort of thought that all along. Yeah. <laughs> but Davo continues about uh, Chandrillan marriage and how the boundaries can be liberating. He also notes that old customs have value, even if they are confusing. And playing dumb, he asks if she's looking for a more fluid banking situation. 
<laughs> but Ty, he says, we've already discussed this. And Davo says, I want to hear it from her. She bluntly replies, yes, they're exploring alternative financing arrangements for the foundation. And Davo, he phrases his position eloquently, telling Mon that he's reached a scale in his holdings that allows him a wide variety of transactions that can be bundled in ways that make outside observation impossible. He continues on noting that uh, people of Mon Mothma's stature sometimes feel that taking advantage of this leaves them feeling like their reputation is now somewhat tarnished, <laughs> but the family wealth is hers, something to be proud of. And she should be able to move it where she likes with her privacy intact. Mm -hmm. He goes on citing that the new empire regulations are troublesome, but avoidable and they've made a game of it and we're ready to play. Mon cites that this is a charitable fund that they're establishing but Davo already knows this. And she then plainly asks him, what will it cost? And he says, I, I want no fee. Money means very little to me at this point. But yeah. she insists, and he refuses outright again. But she says, I don't want to owe any favors, and I would be more comfortable paying you for this. And I don't blame her for being that way either. Yeah, like you don't want to be indebted to the underworld. But uh, Davo... He says, you know, a drop of discomfort might be the price of doing business as he reaches for his drink. And a little impatiently, she says, well, then let's have it. And he says, I would like a return invitation at least once. And Mon says, that can be arranged. But then he adds, uh, adds to it, noting, uh, I have a 14-year-old son, and he, I'd like to bring him too. And she stiffens up at this, saying, you can't be serious. But he says, I'm not asking for betrothal, just an introduction, citing that her daughter will soon be of age. And they're just two attractive and privileged young Chandrillan citizens. And well, I was, I was going to say, I thought they were from Westeros. <laughs> 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 but Mon asks, what makes Davo think she approves of this tradition? And he says, sometimes their position makes their decisions for them. And neither of them have lived a life that encourages nonconformity. But Mon asks if this is his only offer, which he replies, I'm afraid so. She snap replies and says, you know, we're done. Ty, we'll see you out. And as he stands up, he notes that uh, it's a lot to think about. But she, again, snapping, she counters, I'm not thinking about it. And uh, Davo, he looks at her and says, uh, that's the first untrue thing you've said. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he thanks yeah. her and takes her leave. And as the two men leave, like there is a terrified rage on her face. Yeah. She does a real so, good job at conveying emotion without saying anything. Yeah. I think there's more to that scene than meets the eye in terms of like, like he literally, he's, he's making a point of being a truth teller there. Right. Even though he's slimy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. This is not a betrothal. But she says something about, uh, uh, you know, not, not wanting to, to uh, adhere to that custom, but I don't think she's talking about the custom of, of um, betrothal. Right. I don't think, I don't think that's it at all. I think, I think what's what literally the price of <laughs> this, is, this is really dark theory, but the price of doing business with that guy, Davos Skaldin is, is her daughter's virginity. Oh. That's why, she, that's why she's so shook there. That's why she's, that's a real creepy says, thought. He, honestly, he says, this is not a betrothal. No, and she I says, I, I don't know. agree with that tradition. It's like a tradition. The tradition she's speaking about is unspoken there. Mm. Oh. 
Because the secondary I, thing would be like all if, she could say is no, no betrothal. Sure, like, sure. He's yeah. profound. Like because I mean, uh, let's wed our children. Uh, that's I mean, it might creep you out that that's the guy that wants to do that, but the the amount of shook to the core she is, it's way heavier than a marriage proposal, in my opinion. I, st- I so maybe it's just harder. me. I thought it was super. I just took it for what I thought it was superficially and that, you know, while she's still, because she makes a point of uh, talking about her arranged marriage and she says, what makes you think I chose that? Mm-hmm. Or what makes you think that I wanted that or, or no, just something and, to and that effect. Right. And certainly that could have been a source of the horror in her life as well. Yeah. Internally. Yeah. yeah. It and just seems like he, he makes a point of saying, this is not a betrothal. And then she's still horrified, but yeah, by yeah, whatever yeah. implication them, uh, Two attractive young Shandrillans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it does beg the question, though. Like, if she's if she was wasn't for it, and and the reason that she stuck with it is because of her political career. Like, what kind mm-hmm. of what kind of married life has she had? And she is that been. is that contributing to the relationship or the non relationship she has mm-hmm. with her daughter? She maybe. may be have been undercover for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On the flip side, though, it could be like uh, because she knows her daughter will do what her daughter will do yep. in the rebellious fashion. If she uh, should she introduce is, yeah. this guy to him, oh, well, or in, right, <laughs> she might just, you know, oh, Lita's like, ah, I'm not doing this. Here's my option. I'm taking it. See ya. <laughs> oh, you think she will to get out? Maybe. It just, oh, I never even thought about that. Mother. I never even thought about that. Like, oh, you would don't approve of me marrying this guy? Well, guess what? Oh, right, right. As a way of, it, that that fits in line with like father lets me do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're both pretty dark. Yeah, uh, yes, All, yeah, yeah, yes. But uh, Double Skulden, he is played by fifty-eight-year-old British actor Richard Delane. Uh, he's been acting since nineteen ninety-five with roles in such projects as The Dark Knight, where he played the acting commissioner. Oh uh, yeah, the miniseries West of Liberty, where he played Ron Harriman, and Pennyworth, where he played Patrick Wayne. Played a Wayne. Played a Wayne. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, Excellent. we find uh, Clea. She's entering the antique shop through its revolving door, and she finds Luthen tinkering with one of the display items, and it looks like it's a two-headed snake of some sort. Yep. But the head looks like it could clearly be a Rancor head. Well, that's oh, I, cool. I would totally say I mean, that's a Rancor head. Yeah. Big time. She tells Big. him that uh, there was a mark on the fountain, but Luthen counters that that could be anything, and she agrees. But she went to the stairs and the rail was gone with a clean, fresh break. We get a much better look at that, uh, that the uh, headdress, the headdress. Well, and, yeah. and I'm kind of second guessing what I'd said, you know, that it's, it's not, I'm kind of wondering if maybe it is. Cause it, in this episode, it looks a lot closer to the one that Padme was wearing. Yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, it really does. Clea goes on saying, you know, he wants a face to face meeting. And Luthen sighs and says, well, there goes today. And they both head back and uh, Clay states she doesn't like it. The timing oh, is wrong. Foreshadowing. But uh, she suggests she go and Luthen get off planet. But he's surprised this contact has waited this long. Yeah. And she says, well, what if it's a trap? But as Luthen exits the room, he says, if it's a trap, they've already lost. So. Okay. He's far down the rabbit hole. He's willing to accept it. Well, that's an right. interesting thought now, because Hank, you you had said that you know uh, that Dedra, Dedra's probably already onto him, 
And is yeah. this is this next sequence because Lonnie knows that Dedra knows, therefore I need out. Well, maybe. Well, yeah, I, he's got to be feeling, you know, the the pressure of especially, you know, he's got to know that he's now implicit in the Aldani heist, whether he likes it or not, you know, like I mean, yeah. he, he's sat there. I mean, he just, you know, so uh, he's seeing the fruits of his uh, rebellion. I know we're talking out of class here yet. Spoiler alert, guys. <laughs> but he's seeing the fruits of his rebellion uh, sure. and they're scaring him to his bones, right? Like they're, they, that's, that's why he's asking to get out. I, I think. Yeah. Back on Narkina five. Taga, he's visibly shaken with the knowledge of what's about to happen, repeating over and over, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. But Cassian leans in and tells him, don't die until you put up a fight. And with that, Cassian moves across the floor and uh, heads towards the lavatory. Kino passes him going the other way and states, one way out. And another inmate slips him a ratchet as he walks by. Burnock, he takes notice of uh, and exchanging nods with some of others. He leaves his position to wait his turn for the restroom. Kino, he's visibly distressed, but uh, continues to bark orders as usual. And meanwhile, Cassian, he pops the wall open and begins to furiously saw a hole in that standpipe. Up in the guard box, uh, one guard straps on a pair of those insulated boots as the other one instructs the new inmate to remain on program, eyes front, feet down. And back down with Cassian, he's continuing to saw and hearing Kino yell to keep it moving, he grabs a ratchet and then tries to buckle the pipe. Then we cut back up to the guard box and the uh, delivery guard, he's threatening the new guy with a zap rod and the console guard mentioned there's a check on three and we're already behind, but uh, two more guards are cleared to go check and the delivery guard moves into position. Back on the factory floor, Taga, he's still panicking and Ham tells him, calm down. And when he requests, like, he's like, how? Zal from across the table says, I thought you were dead already. Oh, like, that's real helpful. Yeah, pull it together. There. That's real helpful. Coming from the, you know, mm-hmm. one of the most serial killer looking dudes on yeah. the floor. Right. <laughs> yeah. But back in the lavatory, uh, Cassie, and he leans on that ratchet and the pipe, it begins to move and breaks at its weakened spot. And back up in the guard box, the console guard, he's like, how's it looking down there? And the one guard moves to the window and says, ah, it looks good. And taking note of this, Zal and Melshi start distributing parts to their teammates. And the rest of the tables begin doing so uh, as well. In the lavatory, Cassian gets the broken pipe to start leaking water. And he saws again, creating a second hole. And then returns to the ratchet to pry it even more. And as he does so, the alarm sounds that the new mate is about to be transferred in. And the console already pulls that lever, opens the doors to the lift. And with one last pull, he wrenches the pipe loose and water starts spraying out onto the floor. You know, never, never once did I think that the working that pipe was an effort to short out the floor. All I could think of was, oh my God, water is going to make it worse when it goes off, mm-hmm. which on <laughs> some level is true, at least for that, for one person anyway. Mm. Oh. But, uh, the inmates, they assume the on position or the on program position, some concealing their tools or other parts. And uh, as the box guards enter the catwalk with the new prisoner, Cassian takes two more strikes at the pipe before rushing back to the floor to assume the position. 
but now he's soaked from all the spraying water. He trains glances with a nervous Kino and Burnock, who's under the opposite side of the catwalk. And the guards scan the room, unaware that water has started to flood the whole thing. Never mind that there's a sopping wet inmate. Yeah. And he, they, they right, don't right, even right. notice. He's like, that guy's right working hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they can't see him, right? Because Cassian is under. The oh, right that's guard. true. He's underneath the catwalk. Yeah, that's right. Burnock that's is right. under the other guy. That's right. Cassian sees the lifting gauge and begin a dis- descent and he brings out the uh, ratchet that he had hiding with him, gives a nod to Ham and Zal who proceed to stage an argument and the other members of table five to move to break it up. But the guard shouts to restore order. And as he's doing that, Cassian jams the ratchet in the lift track to keep it from moving any further. Burnock, he leaps onto the lift and seeing what's happened, the lift guard shocks the new inmate but Burnock's weight causes the lift to fall slightly on one side. Seizing this opportunity, the new inmate grabs the zap rod and begins to give it to the lift guard. Uh, so he shot down for his troubles. I got to tell you, new guy, because I don't know. I don't know if we ever get to who he is, but new guy, my hat to you, sir. You were a motivated individual. He wasted yeah. no time. Yeah. He's like, shit's going down. I'm in. Yep. I yeah, love that. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That's what Lauren said one thing about this this scene basically. Um a lot of real prisoners are here too. Mm-hmm. Like like you know, people it's that not just, don't necessarily uh, deserve to be free. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, true. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you yeah, figure yeah. people within the last say 40 days are the ones probably with the heavier false sentences. I gotta right. wonder that what the stuff that they sentenced Cassian for, she said it pre uh, previously it was a four-month or a six month yeah. sentence, six months. Like you wouldn't have been sent to a huge facility like this. No, you know, no. you think of our own, uh, our own criminal justice system and like minor crimes, they just kind of do, you know, like you, you've heard it before guys, uh, people that do time on weekends. Yeah. That's the yeah. type of crime you would see. But conversely, then there's your murderers and all of your, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I also have questions about chain codes because like, you know, he's, He's in prison based on someone else's ID. Well, and no one ever questions that. This is, is, he, it. Got, is he operating under a stolen chain code? Mm. Or a hot very chain well code? Could be. I mean, because he very never well breaks be. cover, essentially. He never, you know. No, he doesn't. An easy way to get out of it is, hey, I'm not that guy. Maybe. Well, that goes hand in hand with that, like, how how passe is the empire that they're just processing these people? Like, what's your name? Keith Gerga. Okay, Keith Gerga, you're in. Like uh, what's what? your name? Han Solo. Okay, you're a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Uh, back to here. Um, an inmate tosses Kino a wrench and he cries out attack as he hurls it at the guard on the left, striking him. The other inmates join in, launching a barrage of parts and tools at the two guards. And again, Burnock climbs up, but this time he's shot down and lands back on the floor. The guards continue to fire that the inmates keeping their focus off Cassian, who has now climbed up under the catwalk and the left guard calls to spark the floor. And hearing this, Kino cries out, everyone get on the yeah, table, get on the tables, ah, tables, get on the tables." We had thought maybe that they were connected, but apparently they're insulated enough. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. The console guard, he flips the switch and hits that red button and it erupts with a fountain of sparks. One unlucky inmate gets caught in a puddle and takes the full jolt before uh, the lights go dark. And Kino, standing on a dry section, is left unharmed. That was an interesting thought. That So now the, the question is, did the whole floor go off? 
or you know i've i've read some other things that suggested that that one inmate was he standing in the the box Mm. remember the box where like table one get in the box maybe and that's where he got the could be but i the way i understood was they were sparking the whole floor to try and shut them all down at once yeah 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 with ever well that's i would have thought though yeah yeah but uh anyway the console gourd he uh frantically tries to activate the floor again but the console's gone dark and Kino, he stares at his feet a moment before yelling again, attack, and all the inmates rush forward. Up in the guard box, uh, the console guard, he's radioing for help as blaster fire is heard outside the door. And the two guards on the catwalk, they continue to pepper the inmates. Zal steps out to hurl a ratchet at the left guard, but he's shot by the one on the right. And his other table mates then rush the lift. And with their focus squarely on the inmates on the floor, Cassian takes this opportunity to climb up and kick the leg out from the left guard. All I thought about in this, uh, I'm thinking from the Imperial perspective, it's like, it's a turkey shoot. And if only that guy had just taken a few steps and even tried, like he probably could have jumped back back behind the door. Yeah. They probably would have contained them. Probably. Wasn't meant to be. No. (laughs) Panicking, they weren't thinking clearly. No, they were not. Mm. No. Highly motivated prisoners. That's right. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Cassian, he lands a punch on this guard and then using the own, his own blaster, shoots the other guy. And with both guards down, they begin to climb. Seeing the left guard trying to get up, Cassian shoots him and he falls back down. And no sooner has the console guard seen what's coming at him, but Cassian shoots him dead as well. Yeah. Cassian kills Kino. four out of 12. Yeah. Yeah, the first four. In fact, we know who means business here. Yep. A winded Kino follows Cassian into the guard box, and the rest, they continue to climb out. Below, the water keeps flooding through, and in the water, or in the level below, we start seeing water droplets on the spine of uh, one of the tables down there, and it causes all those guys to, like, stop and look up. And back up on level five, Kino, he's handing out weapons to the other inmates. Two guards come down the stairwell and Cassian blows them away as well. Speaking of weapons, is this the first time we've seen the 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 DL fifteen with a clip like the E eleven, the side clip? You know, that extended that's a good question. I don't know. That, that's I don't a good recall. question. I don't really that either, the, but that's the that's the fifteen, but yeah, it's got yep. that little you know extra side thing that the E eleven has. I mean, they're both based on the on the Sterling, so I mean it's got yeah. the same kind of base hardware, so possibly. Maybe the standard um, also, imperial version of this because we we typically see it with officers or with uh, with or rebel, with the uh, uh, rebel troops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Interestingly enough, when they're back in the in the guard room in the control room there, and I mean, we spent a bit of time there when Cassian came in and how he was so fixated on the boots. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks to put on a pair of boots. I no. thought that too. I thought nobody puts by the on boots. the boots. But uh, perhaps they figured the plan is to get them to shut the whole show off anyway i get yeah i guess so yeah but, uh, can't swim in those boots no. <laughs> um where are we here there we are uh kino's handing out weapons and two guards come down cassian shoots them he calls for kino but kino says i should hold the level and cassian he tells them somebody else can do that and they need to blast the panel and keep the doors open and with that they begin to move their way upwards yep Elsewhere, another console guard is trying to figure out what's going on, and the main guards are telling him it's a water break. 
but the console relays that there's service warnings on every panel. And the main guard, he tells him, you know, go check it out. And he barks at two guards to go do so. And we cut really fast back and forth now. And back below, Melshi's leading a group of armed inmates down a corridor. And Ham leads the second group in the opposite direction. Meanwhile, a guard passes out weapons to a handful of guards. And on another factory floor, flashes of blaster fire illuminate the observation window. And with a shower of sparks, the intake door flies open. It's amazing, though, how much they just kind of like, like, like you can imagine them kind of standing there with like mouth agape, like, oh, yeah. Like they're just fixated and, and nobody reacts to the fact that that dude just flipped over the railing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Box guard. He fires and uh, he's shot by who we find out is ham as he dashes in the room and he cries out one way out and implores them to come on and join the fight. Yeah. Stunned, the men don't move, but Ham moves to the control panel and activates the lift. And the men below, they cheer and rush forward as it descends. And then we'll catch up with Cassian and Kino climbing through a central stairwell and uh, checking above and below as they go. It looks to be like there's like at least a dozen more stories till they reach the top. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, it's like the scene out of Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many more floors? <laughs> yeah. We're on 21. Hulk hates stairs. <laughs> uh, Melshi's group encounters a guard and uh, blaster fires exchanged. And in doing so, the observation window is shot out of this particular room. And Melshi, he eliminates the guard and calls through the window. We're leaving. Join us. And moves to the console, opens the doors, and calls for the men to climb up and arm themselves with whatever they can. Just then, three guards attempt to ambush them, but they're shot from behind by Ham's team. Now, as uh, one group, the men move through a uh, section and go up a illuminated uh, flight of stairs. And then uh, we cut up further, and having just arrived at the top level, Cassian and Kino continue on as the voice of God is now calling out an emergency announcement. Complete program protocol will activate in 40 seconds, and any deviation or failure to comply will mean unit-wide activation. Mm. So uh, we cut into the room and we see that the voice of God is just the supervisor dude using a voice modulator. And he tells the other supervisors to start the countdown. This moment was so wizard of Oz yeah. um, when it opened yeah. up and it, and it, look at that guy. He is so yeah. mild mannered looking. Yeah. No offense to the actor, but he's super weenie looking compared to yeah. the ominous. So this know. is another one. Uh, this is another guy. He's another uh, production. He's a, a a PA, I think, a Lucasfilm PA. Oh, nice. He's. I don't think he's an actor. Huh. I didn't catch his name this week, too, I but I I, I saw it somewhere that it, he's a. I'm pretty sure he's a production assistant. I couldn't that's hammer cool. down uh, his name in the credits. Oh, so. that's okay. That's all right. But. Uh... He goes on to tell the other supervisors to burn the entire fifth level, but the door slides open and Kino steps in telling him it's too late. There's no one there. And he tells uh, Kino, you shouldn't be here. But Kino barks at the supervisor to turn it off. And he's playing dumb. He says that could mean so many things, but yeah. Kino isn't playing and shoots the supervisor on the right. That's what I would have done. Yeah. He's like, I'm not messing around. Mm -hmm. Cassian enters the room as well, and they turn to they tell him, you know, turn the floors off. And the second supervisor says he'll do it. First one agrees, but as he starts flipping switches, Cassian tells him, no, cut the power. Yep. 
and still stalling for time, he tells Cassian, it's all hydro. If we turn it off, it'll take months to get back up. <laughs> so those uh West those in wind. those intakes, hydroelectric power. Wow. Yep. I mean it was a it was a pure guess, but yeah, it was a good one. That's, that's the number. But at the same time, they got to eliminate those uh whirlpools, otherwise. Well, I mean, with those gates closed, the whirlpools they're gonna they eliminate, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which does play into what happening you, here. you had said, yeah. Yeah. In the background, we, we see it like really big in a minute, but in the background on the uh that image uh, where Kino's got the uh, blaster on the guy with the controller, you could see the little oh, yellow, yellow dots, dots on the screen. So people moving. So they were so monitoring they're, they're being, every image. Yeah, like like tracking devices on yeah. them or something, or yeah. or some yeah, yeah. some sort of tracking. Yeah. Okay. So that brings up a good point. Can we just use that as a as a as a contrasting moment just for a second? Yeah. Mm. If they can track each man down to the square meter, right. How are they not listening? Well, not so right. And I mean, is this not, I, we've glossed over it before, but I just want to make sure we're hitting the nail on the head here of all the precautions that uh, Mon Mothma and Luthen have been taken. The, the complete and total disregard that she has in her own apartment, which by the way, is the embassy apartment. Like that's the secured. You think you're secure and safe in there? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotta be monitored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really feel like that's gonna come back to bite her. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That was a bit of a segue. Yeah, it's a good one though. Cassie and he presses the blaster to his head and immediately tells him, "I don't have the panel. It's at the other guy." Motioning to his boss, and Kino he orders that prison announcer back to his panel and he reluctantly begins activating switches to shut down the whole thing. The main power cuts out. And the room goes dark, and outside we see large gates closing down, cutting off the water flow from outside. All throughout the facility, the lights go dark and everyone takes notice. And back in the control room, lights come back on and they say it's the backup power. Cassian then orders the two men away from their panels and puts them in the corner where he barks at them on position, on program. Which is kind of funny because the second guy does it like immediately, but the voice Mm -hmm. of God guy kind of like, uh, uh. Like he just doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Yeah. (laughs) You know he is. Have you not caught on yet, um, wizard? (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun note here, though, the microphone setup on the control panel seems to be oh, like yeah. an earlier model of the same one we find in the detention block on the Death Star. In so oh, also the control stations themselves, that that Very circular, yeah, 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 yeah. The hub formation. Starting to see that sort of, well, I mean, we saw a little bit of it in the in the prequels as well, but yeah. cool to see that uh, same the repeating pattern, that common design aesthetic. Yeah. Kino steps behind the control panel, but he freezes up. And Cassian calmly tells them, you know, tell them what to do. You, it has to be you. And finally, he pushes the button and begins to speak. And he tells them, my name is Kino Loy, the day manager from level five. And at this moment, we are in control of the facility. We have assumed control. He pauses and mockingly Cassian says, you know, is that the best you got? But Kino, he continues to tell him, you know, how long this will go, how far we get is now up to them. All the floors are cold. And inmate Zinska, he steps out of his cell as the other inmates watch. And, of course, he doesn't get fried. Well, it's interesting that, you know, Zinska, another uh, another manager. So, I mean, he's really set sort of the, you know, the, the tone for it. Yeah, like the managers are in a place of respect, right? Uh, another thing about Zinska, another, and this is kind of a going back a little bit. 
um, was anybody kind of kind of caught off guard when Kino said, "Don't bother," you know, that they're going to find out eventually. Like he was ready to sacrifice the other shift. Yeah, right. And here they are about to get in the fight. So, yep. go Zinska. <laughs> you know, he implores them wherever they are, get up, stop the work, get out of your cells and take charge and start climbing. They don't have enough guards and they know it. And we flash across multiple inmates beginning to mobilize and the guards with tear in their faces. Back uh, with Kino, though, he continues to tell them that if they wait for the guards to figure this out, it'll be too late and there will never be a better chance than now. And he would rather die trying than die giving them what they want. So again, that phrase. I was going to say, where have we heard that before? Yeah. Cassian <laughs> tells to him. He but there you go. That that tells you. I mean, to me, I interpret that he's not just parroting the words. No, that the message is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it hit him. Yeah, absolutely. And now he hits the rest of the inmates with the rest of it. They know they fried 100 men to silence them. They know they're making up the sentences as they go. And they know nobody outside this facility knows what's going on. And now they know when they say they're being released, they're actually being transferred to some other prison to die. And, and there that it is, eh? ends today. There is one way out right now. The building is theirs. That's an interesting thought too. Um, so you, you serve your time. Do they just take you out back and. Oh no. As long as you can still work, they transfer you to somewhere else until there, you can't work anymore. So would there be so, but let's really analyze that just for a second. So the, the mistake of putting the guy back into the same building, you take that guy, they move him to another building. Hey, they just brought me over from a, the same look. I was just in a building that looked exactly like this. I was supposed to be set free. Yeah. So there's still a problem. Yeah. It's not like he's not going to talk whenever, whoever gets where they're going. And I know we just said, take them to another facility in another planet, but he gets to that place. I was supposed to be set free and now mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. So that creates a problem there. So maybe they are. You finish your shift and then you are you're done. You're executed. Yeah, Maybe. you're released. Maybe. Literally. Mm. Literally. From the mortal coil. Yeah. Interesting thought. Cassian, he checks the hall, but uh, Melshi's team has arrived. And Kino continues telling them, run, move. If you see someone confused, get them moving until this place is behind us. There's 5,000 of us. And if we fight half as hard as we work, We'll be home in no time. I did like mm-hmm. that sentiment. If yeah. we fight half as hard as we work. Yeah. Because yeah. they push forward to get that flavor, right? Yeah. Below, Dr. Rasheed paused as hordes of inmates push past. And in the control room, Cassian and Kino exit, leaving the two prison monitors behind. Mm-hmm. I felt that was kind of weird, though. Like, considering they are in the control room, that could be uh, a dangerous thing to them. Because like they yeah. could still probably radio the next guys over. Oh yeah, or start mobilizing some sort of response to it. But they eye the monitor, and uh, it shows all the inmates converging on the core as the inmates chant "One way out" as they rush onward. We do see a couple inmates rushing across the sky bridge, some tripping and some tri- getting trampled. They showed that as part of the. Uh, there was a sneak peek that was on uh, the the official Star Wars YouTube channel that yeah. included mm-hmm. that sequence of them rushing across the bridge and i'm like there's gonna be a riot yep (laughs) in another spot uh, an inmate peers through a window where we find a group of guards and the intake supervisor huddled in fear and as the inmates rush forward to the intake platform they stop short a moment looking over the edge 
Ham, he cries out one way out and leaps off into the water. Cassian looks back and looks to Melshi and tells him, you know, whatever happens now, we made it. Yeah. And looking over, Kino, he's shying away from the edge. And when Cassian asks him what's wrong, he replies, I can't swim. But before they can say anything, Cassian is swept over the edge in the rush of escaping prison. And as uh, the inmates continue to leap down for freedom, Kino stays behind looking down. And we get an aerial view of the inmates swimming to the shores and a view further from that showing this complex in the middle of the water. And like you had mentioned, Wes. Oh, my God. The analogy, uh, the fishing analogy that Dedra had made yes. in the last episode. And as you're looking mm -hmm. at, you saw it on the display console. And now here we are looking down on it. You've seen those those fishing nets that they throw out. Yeah. And now here they are, all the fish escaping away. the net. Yeah. It's such a cool <laughs> visual. I love this visual. Yeah, it's uh it kind of reminded me, and I know uh, I'm not trying to get weird, but look they look like sperm and like the birth <laughs> of the rebellion happening right there. Uh, literally. literally. Birth. Yeah, maybe the birth maybe. of the rebellion. Uh so this is the scene I was talking about earlier. Um in the interview, it was the the director and the writer of the episode that were being interviewed. Okay. Yeah, and they said, "Who came up with the idea that Kino Loy couldn't couldn't swim?" I want a piece of them right now, basically. And <laughs> oh, they said, funny. "Actually, we don't know who it was. Somebody yelled it out in the room, well, in the writers' room. They were just like, you know, because what it's they said was there was a few idea. things that Gilroy had completely given them a bible for. Like, oh yeah, this scene is going to go exactly like this. You just rewrite it the way I wrote it." Um, and then there was stuff that was so loose that we just knew that there had to be a prison. He just said, there's a prison scene with an escape, you know, make it cool. <laughs> That's all they had to go on. So they really created this hundred percent on their own and, oh, and the well character done. of Kino Loy. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but they said when, when the person in the room who they didn't give credit to necessarily just said he can't swim, they knew it was the right decision because while it felt like a gut punch, Right, literally, which it to does. us as the viewer, it sure they does. Said it felt like a gut punch sitting in the room, and they said that's so rare when you're sitting in the room and you come up with an idea that that's that every that you go, oh yeah. wow, that you know that's the moment that stays that that that's killer, um, and man, uh, so tragic. And yeah. and you go back and you watch it again, and I know you haven't seen it again, Wes, but go back and watch it again. And he knows the whole time. Oh, sure. That he's going to, that he can't. And he doesn't it. tell anybody. And he's still like, I'm going to hold the bridge or I'm going to hold this floor. No, you got to keep coming with us. You know, and yeah, then, I mean, because presumably he was, he probably looked out the window much like Cassian did on his way in and knew that yeah, surrounded right. by water. They all flew in. Yeah. Exactly. Now, and Lauren had pointed out, and I agreed, two guys couldn't have. Couldn't help him out. <laughs> I said that so yeah, like, while he did on, the backstroke. Jump in, you're coming with us. <laughs> Andy right? and I were in the car yesterday, and I'm like, I'm telling you right now, if it was me, I can't swim. I'd have grabbed him. You're, you're going, going anyway. I, would. I, yeah. I really would have thrown him over. And so there's a there's him. a part yeah. of me, and I know, and I know in my heart of hearts that we're probably never going to see this character again. No, that's but there's the a point. part there's a part of me that would like to believe that. You know, of the five thousand inmates, a couple of dudes had the same sentiment and went, "Oh, we'll 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 drag you along with us." Yeah, well, and that he somehow that, got out. See that image in the bottom there, uh, middle of of the all our yes. little fish escaping. You watch that swim, on the, the sixty-five swimmers. inch yeah. TV, and the there's one swimmers. guy standing on the bridge still. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, that when I saw that, that I went, so... "Are you serious?" Oh, he is standing there, and I went, "Oh man!" And 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 there, that that's why I say that's the first martyr of the rebellion, right there. So now I'm I'm going to go back and just address some of the the discourse and some of the other conversations that have come up uh, come up around this character, and I'm just going to squash it right now that just because Kino Aloy stayed, even if they did recapture him, no, he is not Snoke. <laughs> no. End of story. Even though he sounded like him when he was using God's voice. Uh he did yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> when he was using the Wizard of Oz's uh machine. Maybe that's behind, what the Empire did. The we, remember that guy, that recording? We have a recording of some guy's voice. Let's make that Snoke's yeah. voice when we create. Him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Technically, it already is. Kino Snoke. <laughs> yeah. He's not King Kong either, kids. No, but he is Caesar. <laughs> Moving forward, though, we find uh, Supervisor Lonnie Young moving through the underworld of uh, Coruscant into a crowded alley market. And we see a couple of varieties of possibly new alien beings as he passes by them. He moves off through a dark access tunnel and passes a couple more aliens before exiting the tunnel and hitting a call button for the elevator. I couldn't find any visual references for these guys. You'd reached out and asked me, and I'm like, the best I can come up with is that horned-looking dude looks, you know, in the ever slightest, slightest way, yeah, kind of Deveronian, but like, yeah. not likely. Yeah, like, like I, I tried another one. a couple different avenues. I even tried Google uh, images, slot like uh, uh, other dude looks kind of Hellraiser like. I don't know what he looks. They like. likened yeah. him to a. Quarant. He looks like. Uh, oh, yeah, he looks he's, like he's a missing. Pal. Uh, uh, Commander Powell from Rogue One, the little weird short alien. He wears a helmet though, but he doesn't have those chin. Flares, oh, I know. Interesting. Has a similar yeah, yeah, yeah. eye structure and the kind of the yeah. weird teethy mouth. I, you know, I I get the feeling that especially with the with the the modern Star Wars television that we're seeing, a lot of this stuff, a lot of the aliens are are you know pulled from like Canto Bight and uh, Maz's mm-hmm. uh, castle, so stuff that we didn't get a, sure. a great look at before. Maybe it's showing um, up now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, you guys know, uh, can identify these uh, two uh, weird-looking species. Or three let, weird-looking species. Three, yeah, let us know. Because yeah, we are uh, uh, genuinely stumped on these ones. Yeah. But, uh, as he enters the elevator, the door closes, and he enters a sequence on the control panel and reaches up into the overhang where he finds a comm unit hiding. He wipes it down quickly before putting it in his ear and activating it. We hear Luthen's voice instruct him to hit 215 if it's a trap. Young doesn't move, and Luthen assures him we'll have privacy as the elevator begins rushing upward. 215. Yeah. So it's an elevator, mm-hmm. and it's going down. Mm-hmm. That's how far down they're Way going far down right oh have we been that that far down on course no. i guess we have Thir- technically thir- i mean 13, 13 16 13. i think is 13 or 13, 13 or 13 yeah, 14 been, where we meet uh we're one and, above uh, 13 13 in the in the ahsoka episodes yeah, of, uh, yeah final yeah, season yeah. of clone wars hmm. i don't think we've been down this low in live action i don't think we've ever no we've always been sort of you know zero or higher yeah right Luthen, he congratulates Young, and uh, when he says, on what? He replies, your daughter. Healthy, beautiful, you must be pleased. And Young asks, is that meant to scare me? And Luthen replies, it's been a year since we've been able to catch up. You becoming a father, is that not worth mentioning? But he says, that's not fair, and if, you know, 
it's not fair that you know and you're watching mm. and he asks luthan did you ever consider how it would feel from this side but he tells him i think about you constantly and luthan then asks why did you want to meet and young tells him that there's a new supervisor ride dedra miro and she's focused on a suspect named axis whom she believes is building a rebel network she started looking into the stolen naval equipment and is now trying to link it to Eldani. And he continues saying there was an incident on Ferrix a few months ago, and she's been tearing that place apart. They're looking for a thief and the middleman, and Partagas likes what she's doing. Luthen tells Lonnie, this is good, and he should encourage her to continue. And when he says, why? Luthen says she's wasting time. And Young asserts that Luthen had nothing to do with Eldani? But Luthen tells him almost nothing. We were invited, but we declined. And uh, they got lucky, but Luthen doesn't build on luck. Mm. Young then tells him that they've also captured a rebel pilot, and they know about the raid planned for Spellhouse. And if Anto Krieger's group follows through, the Empire will be waiting. But Luthen retorts, if he doesn't, the Empire will know something is amiss. And Young says, you know, they'll be slaughtered. And Luthen says, it's just 50 men. And Young is worth more than that. Mm -hmm. And he says to Luthen, you have to warn yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But Luthen says, to what end? Sacrificing Krieger would be the best way to ensure the ISB doesn't suspect the leak in security. This feels like the, like if the move in the, uh, in the ISB in the central office in the meeting room where, where Lonnie's like, just let them investigate. If that's the chess move, this feels like the counter move. Yes. Mm-hmm. As cold yeah, as it absolutely. sounds. Yeah. yeah. The elevator jolts to a stop and the doors slide open, revealing Luthen standing on a long catwalk. And he asks Young what you're really here for today. And Lonnie tells him, I can't do it anymore. Becoming a father has changed his perspective. Luthen says, you took a vow. And Lonnie tells them, I'm giving you Dedra. I warned you about Spellhouse and Ferrix. And that's me honoring my vow. We find out that Supervisor Young has been working his way up the ladder by uh, by himself for the past six years. But when Luthen asks, you know, what is your plan to bring me a basket of goodies as a parting gift? What would you tell the ISB? And he says, I would make it about my health and that my wife's family has an import business. But Luthen cuts him off saying it won't work. They can't spare you. And he makes uh, a great point, though. He does. I mean, there has to be some... I mean, you've, you've ground your way out. Now you are not only are you in the ISB, you are a sector. You're up there. Supervisor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you just want to walk away. I don't know. Do you think they'd let him? I don't. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. the empire's uh, status on mental health well-being Pro is. I mean, like. Probably just, not after Ford. <laughs> yeah. I mean, superficially yeah, you got, you speaking. Too much. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. How would you I know in, in our military, it's like you, we have contracts and, and there are lengths of contracts and contracts can be broken, but typically they come with, you know, some penalties, which are usually, you know, financial and, uh, uh, and others, but like, or when you go, you sign some sort of non-disclosure agreement. Well, hold you to legal action. Should you break it? I guess legal action. Yeah. We just hold you to hmm. a lifetime of, of, uh, surveillance. <laughs> yeah well having said that there's a moment here before he gets out the elevator when he's talking to him over the headpiece They're, they make a point of interference coming across the headpiece and him mm. kind of like doing a little tk421 tap fiddling it. with it yeah. yeah 
and then it, they continue the conversation. But it's at the moment when he spills the beans. Oh, and I'm wondering if is that Edra know, tuning in? Is there Edra's anybody listening out there? Yeah, it's a spy thriller, right? Yeah, it is. And it's a chess game, like you said. So how oh, how yeah, far yeah. ahead of each other are we constantly? And uh, yeah, that one, that one, I, I just picked up that one. I went, oh, because it, it 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 rhymes with the stanza that that I, I my theory before that dead really that she went, already knows that she's ahead of him. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you suddenly so smart? I'm gonna go yeah. check that out right now. <laughs> uh, good thought, but. Uh, Luthen tells him, yeah, you've done it alone, but your career has profited greatly from the information fed to him by Luthen, information that has cost him dearly. And uh, in a veiled threat, he says, you know, you love your daughter and Krieger's men will be dying to make sure that she still has a father. Lonnie is trapped and he takes no pleasure in saying it, but uh, Supervisor Young is going nowhere. Young questions, do my sacrifices mean nothing to you? And Luther replies that uh, he thinks of him often, and he does. Young's investment in the rebellion is epic. The double life every day, the stress of it all. They need heroes, and here he is. But Young asks Luther, you know, sacrifices. What are yours? And he steps closer, and he starts laying it out. Calm, kindness, kinship, love. He's given up any chance for inner peace, and he's made his mind a sunless space. He shares his dreams with ghosts and he wakes up every day to an equation he wrote 15 years prior with only one conclusion. He is damned for what he does. His anger, ego, and willingness to fight have all set him on a path to which there is no escape. He wanted to be a savior without uh, contemplating the cost. And by the time he looked down, the ground was no longer under his feet. He's condemned to use the tool of his enemy to defeat them. So can we just, can we pause on that for just a second? Yeah. Mm. 15 years ago. That's when he started planning. Are you telling me that he wrote this, uh, that he started his plan in uh, 22 BBY? So like the minute. The middle of the Clone War, like around the time of Attack of the Clones? Maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, if he's, maybe he's, maybe he smelled the, uh, <laughs> what Palpatine was cooking. I don't mean or, completely in on it. Or, or man, was he, he close enough to know been, what was coming? I don't know. Like he could have been a Republic officer. Sure. Easily I, known. He could have been there during Order 66 easily. Here I am thinking to the other side of it. Maybe he's a, you know, maybe he, secretly he's a Confederate who's just chosen to live in the Republic, you know, uh, living amongst the enemy. Mm. You know, I mean, we talked, we talked about Saw Gerrera and how polarizing he is and how he still views in his world. It's still, it's still Republic separatist. Yeah. The way way they dressed him in this black flowing cape here, the way they shot this scene, it, like, it's, it, it doesn't really, you know, even what he says, like, um, it's got shades of Dooku. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like, like I've, I've sacrificed all the good things in my life. You know, uh, how do you top, uh, can't swim? Well, just wait five minutes. Crazy. (laughs) I couldn't believe this speech. Like I was just like, Oh, wow. I mean, uh, they've all been really, really good, but this, this episode highly quotable, but like so many big soliloquies by the, uh, the players. 
Yeah. And they're so so poignant too. In more elevated tones now, he tells Young, I burned my decency for someone else's future. And I burned my life to make a sunrise I know I'll never see. The mm-hmm. ego that started this fight will never have a mirror, an audience, or the light of gratitude. So what does he sacrifice? Everything. Young remains silent and calmly. Luthen tells him, you'll stay with me, Lonnie. I need all the heroes I can get. And then with the remote, he shuts the door on him and sends him back wherever. That whole uh, the line with him, that whole sent- sentiment about force to use the weapons of, of the enemy, yeah, um, mm. to fight them. This whole speech really, really made me rethink, um, the, the relationship between him and Clea. Mm. You know, that maybe it is just that there is no romantic thing that there, we m- thought might have been there, like, oh, a younger stepmom. Maybe it is just straight up the cause. Both in right. as far yeah. as we can go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We jump back over to Narkina 5, and uh, we find Cassian and Melshi running through the dark across a barren beach. Behind them, we see searchlights scouring the night, and we switch angles, and we see three moons lighting their way. And as they run on, we cut to black. Crazy. And, uh, Anybody got a list of systems with uh, three or planets with three moons? <laughs> Funny thing, though, and I know we talked about this yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, if anywhere close to 5,000 inmates escape, oh, sure. Why is it only Cassian and Melchior? Oh, yeah. Why is it only Cassian and spot? I just figure mm-hmm. that, you know, it's uh, safe to assume that they, as soon as they hit land, they just split up to make it harder to recapture everybody. Yeah. And we just happen to follow. Yeah. Cassian and Melshi because well that's For our sure why would those we, are the guys yeah. we're gonna follow yeah. that's uh Sergeant Melshi to you and you got to think something sort of like you know unfortunately a percentage of those guys drowned that's a lot of guys to be in the water we don't know sure. the distance they covered uh, we don't know what kind of creatures were in that water yeah you know? um yeah I mean that's that's a story for another time we could we could follow two groups of two guys out of that prison on Star Wars adventures and have 30. Oh my 40, gosh. Yeah. 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 Shows. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, if Tony Gilroy said that they are the, the thing, the, the six spoked spine, spine. is mm. a part of season two, it, it will be interesting to get there. And will we see any of the workforce Still. recaptured now working on something else, mm. you know, or <laughs> oh, we're back awesome. in the prison again. Yeah. We have enough of those. <laughs> we need these. Yeah, like all the and it could be just sort of the the joke. Like he's work, they're working on season two, which is just more of the empire. Um, But the the meme that's been going around, which is uh, uh, George Lucas has been tapped to direct a uh, Rogue One sequel. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Every time I see it, I laugh. Uh, Did anybody catch the uh, um, the the theory that uh, uh, B two? is going to become k2 i did not which would which would mean a complete disregarding of that comic book hmm. right at the same time lucasfilm has shown us that they're not above throwing no. throwing stuff away no even in the new it. canon yeah i mean you know we, we when we go back to legends novels lucas had already like he has to sign off on everything there's a story group yeah. lucas signs yeah, off right. on the idea he might even give guidance I, I think this would do this and this would do that. But he always said, I reserve the right to just go, mm, I can change that at any moment I want. Of course. Of course. So just, a, you know, he'd always said that, write what you want. I'll approve it or disapprove it. Cause I like it or I don't like it. 
but I also reserve the right to just go, nah. Exactly. And, you know, and unfortunately, they've pretty much done that with the whole Ahsoka novel, which was great, yeah. by the yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, I just want to bring up one frame here again. Yeah, sure. Uh, I get that he's renowned for his world, you know, world-known motion capture work, but mm. damn, the acting mm-hmm. coming out of him this episode, oh, the yeah. screen well, presence, yeah, 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 the emotional yeah. range. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I liken this to what, uh, what I, uh, understand about voice acting and it's what, it's what, uh, Kevin Conroy, God rest, uh, Kevin Conroy oh. had said in order to be a good voice actor, you must be a good, a actor. good actor. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, motion capture, or in this case, uh, the elevated form of that performance capture. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it, it rings true here as well. Yeah. Very physical. Yeah one um, other parallel to the one line from luthan uh i get up every day to build a sunrise that i know i'll never see i'll never see yeah that's kino this episode he's helping them escape knowing he can't go hmm. it's so tragic yeah you know? i know absolutely they're the flip sides of the same coin that's why one's white one's black it uh in terms of their dress and it's also you know it's funny because he's caught, he's reminding Lonnie he's a hero. You're a hero, yeah, Lonnie. Yeah, yeah. You're a hero, Lonnie. But he's <laughs> he's a hero. Kino's a hero. That's the difference. Like, yeah, you know, uh, he, he's only asking this of himself. There's nobody asking this of him. He's, yeah. You know what I mean? He's getting all these men to safety be, just because. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Powerful. And how do you top something like that in the next two episodes? How yeah. do you, that's I mean, that is we, a fantastic question. Doing that. Like, and um, and leave it because we already know there's going to be a season two, and we already we already know how the story ultimately ends. So how do you how do you up the ante on and and I've I've ne- I haven't been disappointed yet. It's pretty, no, it's nor have I. Great ride. Great Think back ride. to uh, the first uh, we when we were uh, when we launched this review series and we did those first three back to back to back. Yeah, and we were by we were we we all agreed. Man, no wonder they gave us three at once because remember saying remember i remember myself mm-hmm. saying if mm-hmm. we had just had that first episode that week i don't know if i'd have, if i'd have been like yeah i don't know if i'd have held on it was just yeah. so like no. been in the same boat hand was for wandavision yeah. well and the and and a few other other programs that i just they were like so slow a burn that it took a few times you know and once you get really chugging along absolutely and, and now and here we are yeah. they do have my loyalty that's why I'll, I'll go to the theater and sleep through black panther too <laughs> they, they they have my loyalty so you know they know that uh, a yeah. certain amount but it's it's nice when they surprise me like this and and really engage me uh and i'm super happy about it we've got uh two episodes left uh this final this final arc because uh and or uh, taking a page from uh, some of the animated stuff has been doing its storytelling in multi-episode arcs and it's been fantastic um i i said i do think we are going to get a bit more of the whiz bang star wars we still haven't seen that pardon me that sequence with luthan's fondor with the what i assume is the kyber powered weaponry uh going off uh that colin cantwell uh star destroyer design that showed up in solo we haven't seen that yet um there's a lot of stuff that the marketing has shown us 
that we've only got two episodes left to get to mm-hmm. it. And we still have some of those questions that, that we asked weeks ago. Yeah. There's a lot of loose ends left to tie up. Is Cassian going to continue looking for his sister? Who is right. that even a thing anymore? <laughs> yeah. 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 Marva yeah, told him to quit. Yeah, yeah. Did it just take? Is one of our principles gonna flip? Uh, I don't think it's Dead Romero at this point. If anybody now, it it might be maybe Cyril Karn, but even he's so freakishly weird. I don't think it's him either. Yeah. No, I think I think the perfect person to flip because uh, whether they were watching the chatter, assumedly, you know, they, uh, our chatter had nothing to do with it, like the fan chatter. But yeah, everybody is kind of like, oh, um, you know because we've had Hux and because we've had um, the rebels uh, uh, callous, sorry. Oh yeah. Callous. Yeah. Right. So it's almost like, it's like the star Wars visual language. Now that's almost like one of the bad guys is going to flip. Who's it going to be? And so it was nice for it to be a character that just completely out of left field innocuous, but it does mean so much because he's been periphery the entire show in terms of the bad guys. So, we have those loose ends with, uh, with what I consider to be loose ends with with Perrin and Lita, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because we have to have that that catalyst that uh, forces Mon Mothma to Leave at least Senate. begin the process of exiting the Senate. Yeah, right. Um, right. And now we've got this whole the, the huge question I have is, uh, what now? Because with Mon Mothma refuting uh, Davos Skulden, she knows that she just her best shot at getting that money just walked out the door. So, right. so right. what back now? to him or so I can't love, well, I mean that maybe Luthien's uh Luthien's pissed now too at her. You know, <laughs> I need you to secure this money. This is the yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I also, you know, Bix is in the hands of the Empire. She needs um, rescuing. Mar- Marvel Marvel's looks like she, she might be health is failing. Like they made a point of, of just digging oh. back into that for a second. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but some of the marketing uh, materials that have turned up have shown what looks like some form of parade, uh, yeah. speculatively, possibly a funeral March, a funeral procession. Right. It, mm. B2 looks to yeah. be at the head right of it. down the yeah. center. Yeah. 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 So that, that would make a lot of sense, I guess. Yeah, it does. Um, tragic. Uh, and I mean, a good way to sort of <laughs> lure Cassian home. My yeah. my only question is: is it is it her failing health, or is that uh, hard look from Cinta going to have something to do with it? There's a lot of loose That's ends left, not a lot of I time am. left. Uh, I feel like we're in for a, a breakneck finale, two part finale, I. is what is what they've said. And um, I'm I'm really excited. I'm really really excited about this show. Yeah. As am I. So it'll be interesting to see if how how interconnected these these last two episodes are because as much as the 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 three prison episodes have been linked there's been like a definitive beginning and a definitive end i never once mm-hmm. left an episode feeling like oh crap you know like i didn't feel like it was a there was something left untold yeah right with it being a as they say these last two serving as one long finale I kind of feel like um, there's going to be know, a big. Oh, yeah, I feel at the end of this this next one, I'm going to yeah. be like, oh, what? <laughs> I got to wait a week. But, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I superly, I super feel that this is a, a very spiritual successor to what Lucas was doing because it it is truly episodic TV. Yeah, it truly, you know, even though they're three part little, it, it truly is 
little bundles of Star Wars stories, which was always his intent just to go, you know, ever since he re-released the video and said, this is part four, and, and which yeah, automatically yeah. makes you go, well, what's what, what happened first? One, two, and and um, mm-hmm. I think that this really embraces those ideas because TV hasn't been this good in a while. Um, mm, and there was yeah. a time where TV was, uh, you know, you look at the Sopranos, which is definitely that same sort of episodic stuff. Lost is a huge example, but one of my favorites until the end and uh, Breaking Bad, where uh, we get some nonlinear stuff going, but definitely um tv that doesn't dumb dumb itself down for the viewer because there's plenty no, of no that, not at all not right there is plenty of that uh <laughs> where people don't need to turn it on to engage and this this is certainly one of those things where you got to be you, the lights need to be on while you're watching this show i'm gonna we've talked about it well we haven't talked about it in depth um no secret i'm a bit of a battlestar galactica fan and uh if, if, did you guys watch the rebooted series no when the reboot was on, when it was airing in first run, uh, it was considered to be, by many critics, not just the best science fiction uh, show on television. It was considered widely to be the best show hmm. on television during its first run, which is right. a huge, huge deal for a sci-fi-based property. And I want to ask, do we think that Andor has achieved a parallel in that Yes, it's a Star Wars show, but it's also, as we've been saying all along, it is that spy thriller. Yeah. Do you need the built-in Star Wars audience for this show to be successful? I I, I would love to find that magical pony that's never seen Star Wars and sit them down for this show. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that you need to know about lightsabers or Death Stars or anything to know that that Dedra Miro is one evil son of a gun. Oh, my gosh. And, yes. And I don't think you need to know. I mean, it might even be better. Imagine a world where you didn't know Cassie and Andor was going to die. Mm, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, almost, so the stakes are really forget it. for him. You that's can. They, yes, that's I, so true. I, I did yeah, that yeah. before. It, they so they well. do a really good job of making the stakes so high Man, and believable. Yeah, like when I'm I watch so a Bond film, I'm dude. never worried. <laughs> I'm never worried about a Bond film. Like it, it, they're boring because of that. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, last, I, uh, still, I don't want to make it about Bond. I yeah. could, but I don't but, want but, to. Yeah, but like we know his but, final uh, destination. That's but right. That's right. Yeah, you're still worrying. We're still worried, right? Exactly. Yeah. You, w- there was no doubt in our mind that he was getting out of this prison, but the how was as compelling as the fact that there was as the fact. I guess. Yeah. 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 My gosh. Uh, I guess anything else we want to wrap before we wrap up? Uh, I got a goofy one for you. Oh, sure. Here, here's my mm. final thought on the descriptive audio saying oh, yeah, sure. building spines. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What is the only ship in the entire wide galaxy that would need a literal spine? Oh, I'm not at a ship. Ship, you say? I say ship. A ship. A ship that needs a spine. And, and this is a completely wrong. I'm 100% wrong. Well, you know, so I, 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 if we use the, the real, like, naval parallel or maritime parallel and we equate a spine being a a ship's keel i mean conceivably you could say any cap any capital ship would have a keel would would have a spine true but i i don't know i don't know where there's one that would require a literal spine a literal spine okay that is spaceball one (laughs) (laughs) otherwise Uh, it would not be able to transform into mega maid that's so yeah, true. That's probably true. That's, <laughs> that's probably <awesome>. true. <laughs> but can it go to plan? 
I believe it can. <laughs> That's gone from suck to blow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a that was a pretty heavy episode. Um, lots of emotional uh, uh, beats for me on this one. I'm kind of mm-hmm. hoping that this week we do get some uh, some whiz bang. I've been I've been kind of feeling the mm, I want a little bit more of that. This, so. this was a bit faster paced than uh, yeah, a couple yeah, previous, yeah. but like it didn't feel rushed. No, not at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, like it played I had out a friend at- uh, watch it at work uh, saying he did, he was like disappointed by the he thought that there would be more whiz bang in the in the escape, and I was just like. Well, I mean, it's a bunch of guys with wrenches. <laughs> versus, so true. And no, you know, it's 5,000 diehards. There's no That's shoes right. involved here. Like, yeah, I thought it was yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, too Dude, much whiz bangs would take away from the emotional impact. I agree. Of the, of, I agree. Yeah. You know, is there, I'm hoping, I mean, they found this incredible balance with the way that the, the writing has, uh, has worked out so far. And I have no reason to think that they won't find the sweet spot um between between yeah between whiz bang and the the uh intense drama that we've gotten right. so far right absolutely um, and that's very like mouth-watering for me so yeah. really look at fan service too right like you're not getting there's no fan service in the show what are you talking about i know there's not. <laughs> no but you're not Zero. getting bombarded with like spaceship battles and you know crazy stuff like that so when it does hit yeah it's going to yeah. hit that much harder Mm-hmm. that's like, true like yeah, flying yeah. through that eye on aldani oh yeah 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 anyway well that's it for me i don't know if you guys have anything else you want to notice stuff here too okay very good then. yeah oh perfect man that was great all right well it's going to be back to business as uh usual this week yeah um i don't my my life has uh for the moment is kind of calmed down for a second Slow so down. i should be yep. i should be able to uh be back in the hot seat next week or rather this coming week um, and I know we'll have lots to talk about next week. So, uh, did Hank want to talk about the new Grogu thing? Oh yeah. Did you want to well, talk about oh, watch it? But so, uh, you guys have I, wow. So it's, uh, it's three minutes. It's, I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, there's not really anything to spoil. It's just, I think if you little... just, if you just say, you know, who made it and who it's about. Yeah. It's a selling point. Definitely. Right yeah. It's a selling point. So what, what, what I, uh, and Lauren had came to me a couple of days ago and she said, sure. have you seen the, the new trailer, uh, the new star Wars trailer? And I was like, new star Wars trailer. Are you talking about the Andor episode? I don't know. And she showed me and all it was, was Lucasfilm. Yep. And then it faded. And then it was studio Ghibli. Oh. Now I, I, you guys know studio Ghibli is I assume, but for the people at home that don't know studio Ghibli is they brought, um, uh, amazing amazing japanese animation uh incredible stuff uh my one of my favorite all-time animated films princess mononoke yeah uh, if you guys haven't seen that film oh wow it's amazing um uh purchased by disney a, a while back um maybe even before star wars actually um uh there's all kinds of ghibli information uh, stuff going on they just opened a uh, studio ghibli uh at japan disney or something like that lauren really wants to go so maybe it's got something to do with that but anyways they released a short film and and when i I flipped on the tv uh having forgotten the trailer uh there it was on the the top of the disney app and it was zen grogu and the dust bunnies and i thought it's gonna be interesting zen Mm -hmm. grogu and the dust bunnies when you sent me uh, that message and i i wrote back 
Did I read that correctly? Did you just say <laughs> right. that is not a typo? That is not a typo. <laughs> and um, it's it's exactly what you think it is. It's Grogu. It's yeah. um, it's hand. He's it's hand animated. Um, it's very simplistic uh, line drawing, and um, he's meditating and interacting with dust bunnies for three minutes. And it is it's <laughs> it's it's incredibly beautiful. And um, it's it's weirdly spiritual and poignant, even though it's not trying to be. Okay, that's uh, good it's, it's it's pretty fantastic. I, so there, I there is you know, some there's a level of satisfaction there. There really is. Uh, okay, there good. really really is. Uh, it's, it's um it's there's a level of beauty to it that that could only be uh, Japanese, if you will. Yeah, 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 Excellent. yeah, yeah. Well, listen, guys, um, I, I, I know I, I go through this all the time uh, and maybe you're kind of getting sick of hearing it, but I just want to let you know, uh, Patreon has just uh, announced and has, has begun rolling out. And I might be uh, one of the last people to learn this because we are such a small channel. Patreon now allows you to upload exclusive video content directly. So um, as if you haven't heard this already, you're hearing it now, which means that your favorite YouTubers uh, may uh, move away from sending out those private links uh, to their Patreon in favor of posting directly on Patreon. That being said, look for more exclusive content from us here at Fandom Power over at our Patreon. We just adjusted our levels. We've dropped everything down to make it as easily, uh, 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 to make it an easy one to, to support. Um, we know that, uh, it, you know, there was... A, there's people asking for money from you all the time and and we definitely have no expectation however if you like what we do and you want to help us out because every dollar invested in the show is the internet bill for the month or it is replacing the mouse or the keyboard or a camera and i mean it, the list goes on and on and on we are more than happy to continue bringing this uh, type of, of entertainment to you uh, as much as we can. And uh, we mm -hmm. want to do more. So, And if you want us to go in a certain direction. <laughs> well, there is that too. Yeah. And we're always yeah. looking for guests uh, to come on the show. So what a great way to make sure that you're going to get that guest spot than by becoming a top tier patron as an executive producer. If the next 2,500 people all do a dollar, you can pay for the high quality <laughs> that you see me in today. <laughs> Literally pay that off for me. <laughs> all right. Sorry. That was just a shameless plug. And I apologize. But I will try not to not do that all. in the future. <laughs> not at all. No, no. And it like, we love all you guys so much and, and we appreciate all the support that you give us that the way you do give us. So, um, these are just these these are those opportunities that the 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 platform allows us to and and to uh and to have and and, and we'd love you to join us in that way so you can actually become part of the family would we'd love it absolutely uh lots more from us here at fandom power coming down the pipes andy's got a special project uh, that's just about ready to drop yep um i've had a i've had a look at it uh, i'm kind of in it so <laughs> it looks really really good and i'm very excited to see uh to see that uh, come out so got one from sean another great, another show. great show guys thank sean, you, sean thank you so much um again and for those of you who are not following us on youtube if you're still a traditional audio podcast listener thank you very much and please send us your questions send us your comments 
If you've got thoughts about the show, if you've got thoughts about Star Wars or other pop culture uh, properties that you want to uh, see us talk about, or sorry, hear us talk about, um, mm-hmm. we're more than happy to do so. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to rant anymore. And uh, I guess we'll just uh, look forward to seeing everybody in the next one. Yeah. So we got two left to go and we will be back again next Sunday. All right. As we always are. Until next time, guys, for Fandom Power, my name is Wes. I'm Andrew. And I'm Hank. All right, we'll see you on the next one, guys, and a bye for now.